We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Monday, the 22nd day of August, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Ned. How are you, Ned? We haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. Oh, no. I've been busy. Got a daughter. Had a birthday. Got a bit yeah. carried away. And then saw a show in Leicester. Drove up there. Really cool. Billy Elliot. Don't know whether you know that. Heard of Billy Elliot? No. Yeah. Heard of Billy Idol. <laughs> Billy Elliot is all about a young lad in the miners' dispute back in the 80s uh, from up north. And they're all oh, oh, macho. Miners and everything, yeah. Uh -huh. and that's Were they all driving Reliant Robins? Uh -huh. Quite. I had to. And that is when, and, it, and it's quite amusing because, um, and that's basically he wanted to learn dance and stuff like that. It's a really good show, really good show. And it's quite amazing where it took us back to where language was more harsh, if you see what I mean. Nowadays, it's too woke and people are frightened. It's interesting where kids could say, you wanker bollocks. And everything like that because it was about how life was going on and they were from you know it's really bad times and there's clashes between the police and that and and it was really really good show though but it was all about you know there's a lot of singing and everything else but excellent excellent show and then the daughter said she wanted to go to cambridge ice rink because it just opened and what you do you're a dad that gets dragged around by the nose ring and you just pay for it all and enjoy it yeah. <laughs> that's good but no, that's it's good. all right i mean it's i'm glad right. you had a great right. weekend yeah i'm glad you had a great time and i'm assuming that your daughter had a great time as well yeah 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 the only obviously that's what it was all play. about so yeah i'd expect that so yeah and in the meantime i oh one thing about leicester is that did show me because i used to uh, work for a company and the head office used to be in leicester and i said if we go in there and obviously that's when the companies used to um uh, pay for the works due once a year. That means all the booze, all the food, whatever else, you know. And um, we always used to go to Leicester Market and pick the fresh veg up before you went home and fruit and stuff. So I think let's just pop there because we haven't been there for years. Now, I went on to the market, massive place, still there, but only half of them there now. And there was, and I thought, well, I'll still pick some fruit up. So we picked some up just before we went home and there was two large punnets of raspberries five large nectarines one giant peach a big punnet of blueberries how much do you think that cost um i'm gonna go with um 10 pounds less four than quid. that four pounds they were selling three punnets of strawberries for a quid and stuff wow. like that wow and that shows you that when you go into a supermarket nowadays it's a bit crazy i mean these are fresh fruit veg vendors yeah? locally grown i'm assuming yeah. okay you know, and they want to, you know, they're selling them and they've got the, there's loads of stuff there and it was in good condition. The, the fruit and everything was ripe. It didn't have to be ripened. So, you know, the turnover or whatever and they want it, but they still have to make a profit. Yeah. Otherwise there's no point going there. And that for me brought it home in a big rush and I went, whoa, 
You know, I used to, and it always used to be pretty cool. It still is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like the cost of living is being hiked up everywhere. It has. Yeah, we've talked about that uh, over the last week or so. Uh, we can get into some of that today if you like, because I've got some new facts and figures out of the UK on energy costs. But before we get into that, Bruce, how are you? Healthy and alive. Doing well. Great. Great to hear it. Ned, you have not been here for two weeks. Long. Yeah, too, yeah, too, too long. long. <laughs> I've been holding all kinds of stuff back because you haven't been here. Uh, so oh. I, I've got government reports out of your ONS. I've got, uh, let me see, we talked yesterday about, I don't if you want to weigh in on it, we talked yesterday about the working paper from Tony Blair's uh, uh, Institute, <laughs> from uh, his thing that he's endorsed, saying we've got three months left to save the NHS before it all goes horribly wrong. Uh, we talked also about uh, Dr. Hillary Jones is back out pushing the new, uh, the new jab for uh, going into the fall months. The Canadian health minister is out today pushing that, going in that direction. We've got climate change stuff. We can talk about that. I mean, there's so many different agendas in play right now, and it's a crisis on every one of those fronts that we're being told. So what what part of any of this do you want to just start debunking? Start debunking. Yeah, because that's what well, we have like, to do. We have yeah, to pick well, all these things well, apart. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, well, first of all, the fear, the crap they're using. The numbers they're using. Oh, gotta have your vaccination, or there's gonna be X amount of deaths by winter, and there's gonna be yep. tens of thousands of this. Uh, not to actually add fear, but a bit of reality to it all is they came out with a report saying that there could be 85,000 deaths over winter and stuff like that. But sorry, guys, that is a self justification number. You're already dead. I mean, it's a harsh thing to say, but you guys are a number they've already accepted and they're using that as a reason to scare people into taking a vaccine because they're going to be 85,000 vaccinated people. Yeah. And they're going to be gone. If you've been vaccinated, you know, (laughs) you better hope it's not you, but they're doing it to push the vaccination again and again. And we know doctors know they're reporting it loads across globally, across the world. I mean, is it Costa Rica that actually stopped the mandates the other day? Actually, uh, Costa- stood up and said, "Yes, no more, no more yes. mandates." The newly elected president down there has said, "Anybody that is forcing a vaccine on another person now will be breaking the law." Yep. So, if one little spark of light somewhere, not in the biggest place in the world, is stands up and says that, there's a reason to it, and where every other thing is related either to a company or a government position, which we know we can't trust anymore. But if Mr. Fauci, I really hope he's number one, two. In fact, I hope he's all at 85,000 of them, actually. I hope he wins well, the lottery. He, he had COVID a couple of weeks ago, and he said that he was thankful that he had had the first two and then the two additional boosters. So all four. Plus, he was taking Paxlovid, which all of them seem to say that now, that they're thankful that they're all vaccinated and boosted and their symptoms are mild and they're all on Paxlovid. They all say that. All of them say that. Hillary Clinton said that so, this week. The CEO so of Pfizer all these said that this week. And all these boosters, and just like the president of the United States, they got COVID. Yes. Right. And how many people that haven't been vaccinated have either probably had symptoms, not known, or even if they've had COVID and they've had serious symptoms and got over it, haven't been having it again. It's your immune system's given it. Yeah, I know what I'm looking for. Well, let's and then see. You got your one. Let's see what Dr. Fauci has to say about that. What kind of advice does he have for you if you're one of those people? There's going to be these updated coronavirus booster shots that will be made available in the next few weeks uh, by 
uh, early to mid-September, we're told, who should be getting these new and updated booster doses? Well, certainly anyone who has not gotten a booster in calendar year 2022 should definitely get a booster. If you are a healthy person and you have no underlying conditions, you might want to wait until we get to mid-September when those bo- when those boosters become available because they are much better matched to the circulating virus, the variant that's going on right now. About 89% wolf of all the viruses that are circulating are BA5. And this particular booster variant is what's called a bivalent that is actually specifically directed against that circulating variant. So see, he's following the same line that (laughs) Dr. Hillary Jones was following just a couple of days ago on Good Morning Britain. I've got that clip if you want me to play it, but I think it's nonsensical. But he said, if you're a healthy healthy, person. Exactly. And no underlying conditions that you want to wait. You want to wait until everybody else has it first. Then you can go and take it. What he, the words that he misses out, we want to target a healthy individual. He didn't say medically dependent or those that are suffering from anything. If you're healthy, get a vaccine that has been proven to affect your immune system to make you target something else to make you unhealthy. Uh, So that in itself is a bit damning statement, isn't it? I find it interesting as well. Uh, We're talking about uh, Fauci there uh, and all the other individuals that caught COVID. Um, Supposedly, they're all vaxxed and boosted and they all took Paxlovid. It's also interesting that each one of those individuals mentioned also had rebounding symptoms after taking Paxlovid, which supposedly was a very small, like less than 2% chance that that would happen if you're on Paxlovid. Isn't it interesting that uh, officials that are in the limelight, they're, they're on camera all the time. They're the ones that had rebounding symptoms while on Paxlovid. How, how fortunate are they to be among that 2%? Yeah, I, I think that 2% is a bunch of BS. Uh, if it's hitting them. <laughs> it's not the 1% or 2% that want to rule everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and, and the other thing is, is we know that they're not fully vaxxed anyway, but uh, that's not an argument to say that, well, you know, the vaccines work. No, the vaccines don't work. And Fauci, the, the, what he was saying there, this, this new vaccine is specifically targeting the BA5. You know, it, it's more uh, paired better with this. Um, so that means uh, the reverse is true as well, which is the previous vaccines you took were not paired to, to fight any specific strain, which actually we know it was targeting the alpha strain, which stopped circulation, you know, within a few months after it was out. Uh, we, then we had Delta and then, you know, so on and so forth. But- got, they have a worse track record than the weathermen for getting it right. They really do. I like the fact that he's forecasting it. He's forecasting the actual strains to come, you know, the release date. And yeah, no, if you're healthy, guys, just don't bother. Just stay healthy, please. I mean, well, that, that, that is the only, I mean, um, the other thing is, I wish somebody would get him on air and say, why have the CDC updated their website and removed a couple of lines on there, which actually stated that the vaccine will not stay in your system more than a short period of time. And they've removed that off now because they know now, everybody knows, this vaccine, unlike other vaccines, that when it's put into you, like a normal vaccine, you get a sore arm because that's the entry point and that's where your body's fighting a vaccine. You know, they're actually fighting it, 
creating your own antibodies, and then it destroys that input in your arm. It doesn't let it go anywhere. And then your system's then got a record of what it needs to look for if the actual proper virus turns up. Whereas this one goes everywhere in your system where blood goes, which we said before, everywhere. I mean, I've sat down with doctors because doctors are different. Whether you have a neurologist or a uro- or a urologist, which is opposite ends of a girl's body, one will say, we know it goes across the brain membrane. Yeah, we know that. And the other one will go, we know it is settling down there. And if the doctors are now, well, they've been vocally saying that and it's been worrying them, but it's not been put across the media, unless you go to places like um, WCH and they are vocally saying it, they are putting the evidence out there, it's wrong. And they want you to have more vaccines, more non-live vaccines. No, stop it. I also want to point out, you you said uh, if you're healthy, don't get... There's an argument to be made that if you've gotten one of the previous vaccines for COVID-19, that statement that you're one of the healthy is not... That's not for you, necessarily. You shouldn't get the vaccine, period. But I would argue that you're not one of the healthy because you're a ticking time bomb at that point. We don't know the long-term ramifications of this vaccine. We don't know. I mean, we've seen the studies that show that as you continue to get boosted on this, it reduces your immune system's effectiveness. It gives you basically an immunodeficiency. Uh, Yeah, it Uh, does. It's it's terrible. But the thing is, people that you trust or thought you trusted, the people that you, as as a population, have followed. The only thing you, you could try and say to somebody, I mean, in this it's harder in your country because everything is pushed by money. Unless you've got you're, you're someone like, and you've got a localized general practitioner that is honest and good and is not money orientated, business wise, farmer backed, and everything. Even in this country, it's very hard to. But there are, you, you will find rarely a practitioner, and you've got to try and find them. On that, I'll go, well, can I have a checkup? I mean, we're talking not looking for specific things because that's what they look for now. What, what is it exactly, you know, what is exactly wrong with you, do you think? La, 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 come in, right, we'll check for that. Even when they take a blood sample, they send it off with a sticker, look for this. No, 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 no. Check it for everything. Everything and everything. But that costs money. And that is where the problem lies. And talk saying lies, you, you might not even get the truth back anymore. You don't know. The trust has gone out of it all. The trust. So the only person you can trust is yourself. And the only thing you can do is be good to yourself. It's like previous programs, um, even Marty, who sees himself as a, as, as a hypocrite uh, uh, with reference to eating vegetables and lots of fruit and he loves everything kale. else. He loves <laughs> kale. Don't let him lie to you. He loves kale. Yeah, No, but I've, I've heard him say, you know, I mean, but yeah, there are ways and things of keeping yourself healthy. I mean, historically thinking about it, if you take after times of the Second World War where you had uh, reduced foods, you had a selection of foods that weren't even available. But these generations, there are still people alive that went into the Second World War as adults, as 18-year-olds. I have one, just over 100. And the thing is, they ate everything. You live in a society where they say, this isn't good for you, this isn't good for you, this isn't good for you. No, everything in moderation is okay. What you don't understand is, I mean, I've got a wife, I've got a child, and I've said to them, all three of us, have different systems. We're designed differently. Whether there's a slight genetic kink, chemically, there is a slight difference to us. So 
food and everything that you put into yourself reacts with the chemical thing that you are. There'll be certain things that push you in a bad direction. And until you understand that as you grow up, you know, we know too much sugar. Yeah. If you go to an, to an, ex- an extreme, but you will find that certain things regain a balance. It's understanding yourself. And this is what they've given away because all they've listened to is media. All they've listened to or looked at is books. Somebody else's point of view, not themselves. And that is what they've got to come back to. And somebody said, your body is your temple. Yeah, get a grip. Understand that building that you are part of. Look after it. Otherwise, the foundations will crumble. And that's what they want. Sorry, didn't mean to gas on. No, no, you're fine. Uh, like I said, like I say, every time you come on here and Marty comes on here or, or Pavel comes on here, I'm like, look, you guys can talk as much as you want. We'll take a back seat because we talk up here every day. So we're happy to uh, to let somebody else take the reins for just a little while. So um, what do you want to discuss? Do you want to look at the um, do you want to go over the uh, the Pfizer docs from the what, the pregnant recent, women in the information. Yeah, yeah. We can talk put about it because put it out. right after this. Put it out there. Okay, right after this, this is when the CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla, this is when he got COVID. I'm doing the air quotes. And he was taken out of public view for 14 days when this document came mm-hmm. out right here. The confidential Pfizer docs that came out 82% to 97% of COVID vaccinated pregnant women had a miscarriage during the trial. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what you were talking about several weeks ago, Ned, but we've got the actual hard documents. We've got the receipts from Pfizer when they were ordered release. These were the sealed uh, documents that they got. Uh, let me see. Uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration attempted to delay the release of Pfizer's COVID-19 uh, vaccine safety data. This is the w- part of the ones that they tried to hide for 75 years. They wanted to, to cover this up for 75 years. And the big question um, is why? This is because this is why. <laughs> this is this yeah. is why. And that's another trust thing. The FDA. How much trust? Oh, none. How much trust do we have as an American? How much trust do you really have in any federal agency? Or within I mean, your structure, with your governmental structure and everything yeah. now. I yeah. would, you, you, there are a few small countries probably. Yeah. If they haven't had their leaders assassinated or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another tin hat thing. There were five that weren't going along with it. And <laughs> yeah, they all they all met their maker. Okay, so 146 of these cases did not immediately report an immediate occurrence of any clinical adverse event. But 124 of the 270 mothers involved in the trial did, meaning that 46% of the mothers exposed to the COVID-19 injection suffered an adverse reaction. Of the 124 that suffered an adverse reaction, 49 were considered non-serious adverse reactions, whereas 75 were considered serious. This means that 58% of the mothers who reported suffering adverse reactions suffered a serious adverse event ranging from contractions to complete fetal death. That's death. Yeah. That's you know, death of a living organism. Yeah. You know what they classified some of these as as well? Uh, some of the uh, miscarriages? They classified it as the same category as like having a headache or a sore arm or, you know. You're kidding me. It was a, it was a, um, ad, it was a, an a, a adverse effect that resolved itself. I forget the actual wordage, but that, that's basically what it, it resolved itself. It sounds that, very blasé, doesn't it? The way they it approached it. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Cold. It's no concern for whatever. No, there's no concern for human life here. None whatsoever. No. Well, None. It, but the thing is, is when you're pushing a narrative of abortion on demand, whenever you want, when it's convenient, you know, for you, uh, when they're pushing that, they have no care for the unborn life. 
They don't, they don't care. So why 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 is this a surprise that you have a company that's just taking the same narrative? They're just pushing the same thing that's that's on the left right now. I mean, so uh, to me, it's no surprise. It's no surprise that we have a company that that um, took this uh, from from two perspectives. One, it affects their profit margin if this information comes out, and two, that that's their narrative. Uh, I, I mean, an unborn child is not a human. Uh, it, it's uh, you know just a clump of cells. Yeah, but that, that is the penultimate removal of choice. You don't get a choice because you're dead. And that is just wrong. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I, 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 cannot, I cannot think of the degree I would have to change or get to to actually be able to do that. You know, I was, I was uh, having I a conversation with somebody a few hours ago, and I got to talking about this. They asked me a couple of questions about vaccines and stuff like that. And I kind of just said, you know, I make my own health decisions. We got to talking about everything that's going on. And they asked me the question, how serious is this, in your opinion? And I said, I, yeah. And I, I mean, how do you answer that? Doing what we do and, and discussing the things that we discuss and, and picking apart all this stuff. How do you answer that? To somebody that you're just having a casual conversation with, which uh, my my first question would be, what are they what are they meaning? What what part are they meaning? How serious is it? How serious is put the it disease way. itself? COVID nineteen? No, 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 no. As in or the, the agenda, they think exactly the same way we do. I'll put it that way. It's, so, how serious is this as far as like the whole the the entirety of this this crazy agenda and this this insanity that we're seeing? And I said. I, I kind of harken back to what we were discussing the other day, Bruce, with uh, this uh, this book of these neo-Malthusians. And I said, I could tell you that it's evil. And this is to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, Ned. I could tell you that this is evil, but that doesn't describe it. I don't think that's an adequate enough term to describe what's actually taking place here. Catastrophically evil, I think, is... Uh, what I would say, if they if they ask me that question, that that would be my initial response is catastrophically evil. I mean, uh, this is uh, this is like civilization ending level bad. Yeah, it's it's the, the thing is we as a race seem to allow these times to happen time and time, and, and it seems to get worse every time. Whether you take the Holocaust or, or whatever, I mean, this is on an imaginable scale. But it's the same routine every time. Evil has to get to a point of near achievement before it gets beaten. We have to seem to let it get there before, and everybody has to suffer, or so many people has to suffer, before we finally do something about it. And that is such a waste. That is such a horrible waste. And in some respects, we're all complicit in some way or another. We are all complicit. This has been going on for a long time. Yes, we're shouting about it now. We're trying to wake people up and stuff like that and just say, look, find out for yourselves. Does any of this make sense? No, it doesn't. Question things. Get together. Do this. Get your communities going. Create a voice. Because that is voice of the masses have been able to change things. That is our greatest tool. And it's got to be on a massive scale. We've we've got to, I mean, it's going to, the horrible point is, how far does it have to go? Because lobbying, people in the governments, the corporations, they all seem to be in line with some agenda. And this is what I don't get. We're still going down those lines, no matter what media it is, because, we, yeah, people don't want to be taken off of air and they don't want to be heard to be saying this. And they say, well, we don't quite know. What is their agenda? What is this? You're hiding behind blinkers. 
What is it? What can it be? People are dying. Your 85,000 are already dead. They're thinking about the next leap. So, yes, it's about control and population reduction and whatever nasty thing you can come to think of in the interim. And those two things alone create a horrible society. Because if you think, yeah, we got to a certain point where we had, due to different classes of people, the life expectancy was different. Now, I mentioned the coal miners and stuff like that, the working class, people that were in that hard work in hard face life, their life expectancy was radically reduced. Things do change over the years. And because of our way of life and because of the Western poverty line, which is a ridiculous thing, you could be on a poverty line and still have a washing machine, a tumble dryer, satellite-ish TV or whatever, be on welfare and be classified as on the poverty line. But whether that's all supplied for you or whether you supplied it yourself, that, it just moves in, in a ridiculous thing. But because our standard of living, the food supply to us, whereas other places in Africa, we could shout the bleeding heart and people were, the kids were dying there just because they had nutrition and no water and everything. And yet we lived in abundance here and our life expectancy went up due to that because of our way of life. But then we've become decadent and we've become medically dependent, and we've gone full tilt over the top. But this is what they want to reduce. They want to reduce, I mean, even if, what are the jobs? What are the majority of jobs nowadays? Office jobs. Office jobs. Because yeah, jobs. they've got a vast population. It's bureaucratic. They've created this big white elephant. So you've got um, people in the offices, the people um, on the stock market, wherever, and off they go. Whoomph. I'm going to go down the gym for an hour. Yeah, why? Because I want to be fit and healthy, assholes. Your fitness and health is about your way of life. It's not that hour because you've done this really strange uh, mental stress job. Yeah. And then you're going to go down and spend a physical hour down there and telling yourself, yeah, this is a balance. This is no, it isn't. The way the working class and even the middle class at some degree before it we went to zone had jobs which they were in motion throughout the day. And this gave you a lot more physical exercise. But what they tell you, oh, you've got to walk 10,000 footsteps a day and you'll live forever. So it was a way of life. So it was the whole thing of whether, whether what you eat, what you do. But because you're continually going throughout the day, you then went home, you relaxed, you had a meal, you had the family, whatever. You got that mental relaxation. You had that physical thing during the day. And you live longer because of it. You go a wide ass sitting on a seat behind a desk all the time. That's not ergonomically good for your ass, mate. You know, it's just not good or at all. Back, it's or not good neck, for your health. Any of that stuff. No. no, no. They can say, "Oh, right, we've um, we've sorted the chair out at the desk, whatever, and that's the right screen for you, and this and that, and you're going to be sitting at that for six hours now, and you're there doing what?" What do you actually question the one thing? What have you achieved? Do you think that if you stay in your job, or if some of those people that might have been in these jobs for eight or 10 years, has the same old cycle gone round and round and round every couple of years, whatever, do you actually feel healthier? Do you feel cynical about going down to see your GP and they say, well, you're over 50 or you're over 60 or whatever, and you just see the nurse and then she sits in front of a computer? She can't get one of the cheeks on the chair that she's sitting in front of the computer and you're giving it, my God, 
this large person is then putting some things into the computer and saying, and what do you do? Oh, you get up in the morning. What time is that? Do you go to work? Do you do anything? Do you cycle? Do you swim? Oh, the computer says you're healthy. You know, you look at that person that's telling you the computer tells you're healthy. You're thinking, what is this world coming to? I thought the same thing when I walked into a medical facility because I went in for back of my shoulder. Yes, and so I, I, do. I went in. I went in to get it sorted one day to you know to a licensed therapist, you know, physical therapist, to get it kind of set back where it needed to be set back. And as I'm in there, I walk in the door, and there is a woman who is <laughs> sitting behind the desk, and she is. Um, well, she's not the smallest thing. I'm not trying to be mean here or anything. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how I can say this. Bruce says it better than I ever could, I think. You want me to just say it? She was a whale of a woman. Okay, yeah, that. And she's got an N95 mask strapped to her face. And before she'll let me into this facility so I can see a physical therapist, she says, could you please tell me your vaccination status? And I just looked at her and I said, you cannot possibly be serious. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Healthy. I haven't had one. Like, you, how you, is that uh, any different than, than the situation you're sitting there describing? It's, it's got nothing to do with the medical situation you no. went in to talk about. No. Nothing at all, whatsoever. You, you exactly. made a, a point there, Ned. Uh, you asked the question, uh, how long are we going to allow this to continue? How many people are going to, you know, is it going to take? 5.4 billion. That's, mm. that's how many it's going to take before people started rising up and going against yeah. this. That's 70% of the world population. That's what they would like. Now, here's that's, the next question. Yeah, but that's how many he's taken a vaccine. Here's the next question. Oh, is, is that a... Yeah, yeah that I high? suppose there is here, a number Here's like the next that, question. Yeah. How long... Right. Here, no, here's the next Here's the next thing. And I'm going to go back pretty far to... A, a, well, he was, really, he was an Englishman, but he was a traitor. His name was Thomas Jefferson. And he said <laughs> that the level of tyranny that you will have is the level that you'll put up with. That's a simple answer yep. to your question. Mm-hmm. End over. Take it in the ass. That's the vaccine in the cheek. Not sexually. Thank you very much. I thought it went into but, the arm, or did they change places because it, <laughs> or was that monkeypox? Is that the monkeypox vaccine? Is that what no, that that's is? That's tetanus, isn't it? Is it tetanus? Wasn't it tetanus? No, I got, it, I no, know, I got I a tetanus shot once when I was really young. I got it in the arm that they put it in the same place. Well, it's just, it's just the vocal thing, isn't it? You can't think of the most wrong thing to do, but yeah. But it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. Yes, they've they've psychologically got us to this position. And yes, uh, like Johnny, I will... In some form of apology, I am not a sexist. Uh, I love women. Yeah, I've got friends, both all both sexes or whatever, and I'm not transphobic either. And yeah, we all get on. It's just that that actually was an account an encounter of my own, and I did take a bit umbrage to it. Yes, that is why I brought that up, not because it's something I created in my mind. But that was an incident, and I could really do it. And I I got very I actually found it quite upsetting, actually, that I was several years older than the person that was sitting in the seat. And that all they could do in a medical situation was to punch some things into a computer. And that seems to be the medical answer to everything. And that is the failing of it all. Tick boxes, bureaucratic medicine. It's got to an extreme. Everything is becoming bureaucratic. And yes, that person was the epitome of at bureaucratic medicine. So, uh, I mean, yeah, thank you. It says I'm healthy. I knew that. I'm going to live a lot longer. Thank you. I'm off. I won't bother coming back here for a while. And because I, thankfully, lucky, luckily, I had both parents and they knew how to keep physically fit. They knew how to keep mentally fit and they knew how to go out into the garden and find what they needed and to eat all manner of things. 
alive. I used to cook foods. My mother had been out to India. My dad had been all places in the world. They cook foods from not just here. It wasn't, she still liked fish and chips in England. Still like your steak, kidney puds. But mum could make a great, well, curry. You just let it simmer for hours. But it cooked everything. It took great. There's nothing better. I mean, endorphins, the release of endorphins makes you feel better. No matter what little achievement you get, they are getting kicked out there. Do little achievements. And one of the best achievements is when somebody goes, I can't cook. Well, I could show you how to cook in half an hour. I could show you something that would start you off. And where's the best place to start? Find a recipe. Do it as a recipe first before you change it. And then change it. It's how I do it with my daughter. It's, you know, you're not kids alike. They go into the kitchen. I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, there's nothing but an explosion. Right. Find a recipe. Let's do it right. And then we'll discuss how you can change it the next time you make it. And believe it or not, come up with some wonderful ideas. But that releases your endorphins and achievement. I still haven't got her to clear up the kitchen, though. I am still the butler, I'm afraid. I can't get away from that. But hey-ho, I diversify there. I'm off. Another tangent. That is quite a uh, quite a, a, a stroll off the beaten path there, I have to say. Uh, I was about to ask you if you wanted to get into the uh, the other numbers that we're looking at that are not related to, quote, direct adverse events. This is a report that's out of the United States government that show that, listen to this percentage, 143,233% increase. That's an increase. <laughs> 100, let me say that again, just so people can digest that. 143,233% increase Mm -hmm. in cancer cases directly linked to a COVID vaccination. Mm -hmm. Now, if these people, if if people that are are wrapped up in those statistics, is that going to be counted as a vaccine-related death? No, it's not. I can already tell you. That is why they only did, what is it, two months of controlled situations? That in itself was used into, well, how can we prove this without actually going through a control period of several years or whatever? That's the one, and that's why they didn't want to release what information they had. And even in that short period of time, if you think about it, the information they've released, uh, adverse reactions of their vaccine, was only over a short period of time. If this control situation was still going on, can you imagine how much paperwork there would be? How many adverse reactions could be or side effects could be added to that? Well, not it only would that. be innumerable. And it not would only just that. be beyond belief. Yeah, it, no, you're, you're, you're right. But not only that, but also it would do a couple of things. It would blow a hole in this state of emergency that they keep extending over and over and over again. And then we all know, you've mentioned it before, what happens when that state of emergency finally goes away? Then comes the time of accountability. And who's going to be accountable for this? Well, they hope they hope that basically um, uh, the numbers will be a bit more equal. <laughs> well, you want everybody to share in that experience, right? Because you you know you you hope it can be done in a peaceful way. Yeah, yeah. To tell you what, oh, yeah. no, that uh, it's horrible. It's it, that is what people have got to think about. All that horrible information that they didn't want to release compiled over a couple of months. And this has been going on for a lot longer. So if you times that magnitude of stuff that they've hidden by how many months it's been continuing, then you get an idea of how bad this thing is. But oh, it's, it's going to get even worse. Uh, this yeah. new uh, uh, monkeypox uh, nonsense, um, which they've now admitted is transmitted 
sexually. It is not transmitted by touched. They, they, they're officially oh, they admit admitting. That. Yeah, it's officially admitted now. It's not, you're not touching, you know, close contact. You're uh, coming to contact with lesions and whatnot. It's literally an STD. But the vaccination versus that has less testing than the COVID-19 vaccines. And it's causing the same kinds of results that the COVID-19 vaccines did. And by because that, I mean... Because it's, it's manufactured non-live vaccine. And we've always been saying non-specific side effects. And it's been known since the mid-90s that live vaccines are really the only proper way to go. Non-live vaccines are not good. They're a good money spinner. You can get them out there, but they are not good for the individual. Never have been. Just, just uh, I, it's like, you know, sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, that record, the broken record, you're just going round and round and round. But I'll say it until I'm blue in the face and maybe somebody else will listen to it. You know, it's, it's scary. It, it's so scary. Go on. What's the next you make it sound like I'm dealing some uh, some pessimism here all day. Uh, this is the this is the big one. Uh, this is the one that we most wanted to cover today. This was out of the UK specifically. Your government releases. Uh, I know you're, die. you're already chomping on it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> your government releases uh, this uh, this data. It seems like they're doing drops like this almost once or twice a week now. And this one, by far, we've covered a lot of stuff from your Office of National Statistics. This one is by far. When I saw this, out of everything that we have covered here, out of all the stuff that we've we've grabbed a hold of, all the data we've looked at, all the re government reports, the scientific reports that, that we largely don't understand, that we do our best to try and figure out and talk about and pick apart and, and criticize and bring attention and awareness to it. This one, when I saw this, my jaw hung open for about a, uh, for about a minute or so. And it, I just... I reacted to it like that just based on what they're reporting. And I know, I know because of everything else, simply taking everything else we've looked at, we all know that by this point, that everything that we're hearing about, even in the official releases that they ignore, it's all worse than what they report, right? Yeah, it's all, it's all watered down. It's all watered down. Like VAERS, for example, the statistic that I just quoted from the U.S., that came from the VAERS report. They counted 64 vaccines in total, 64 flu vaccines between the year 2008 and 2020 as having a direct adverse reaction re uh, related to cancer, the causing of cancer. OK, mm -hmm. just in the time of January of 2021 to current they're approaching 3,000 that are related to cancer cases that are related directly to the COVID-19 vaccine. There's your increase. But that's according to VAERS. And we all know that VAERS, if you're lucky, is between 2 and 4% of the overall number. We were talking but last week. It doesn't cover every country, though. That's the problem. No, it's just the U.S. It's just the U.S. And I guarantee yeah. you it's the same in every country. Those that are even keeping track. That is what people don't understand. These numbers that we actually get back... We managed to dig out like VAERS and stuff. This is just an independent part of the world. If you think of how many other continents that there are, and that there are some that are bigger, this is this is exponentially a really, really big number. Yeah, and this th this is this is horrendous. Well, I told this to to Marty on the phone at the first part of this week, and even he was shocked. He That's he just uh, he had no words. He, he had no words. It's tough to really uh, put that sorry, guy into a state of shock. An, did he have an Oh, he had words. Oh, he had words and he had an opinion. 
But Listen. It, you know just as well as I do, it's not easy to shock that guy. Nah. And he was he was absolutely he was dumbfounded when I told him about this that was released from your ONS. One in every 482 vaccinated people just in the UK died within one month of a COVID-19 vaccination. Let me repeat that again for those that didn't hear it yesterday when we briefly touched on it. One in every 482 vaccinated people in the United Kingdom died within 30 days of receiving a COVID-19 vaccination. And you've got Dr. Hillary Jones out pushing whatever in the hell he's pushing. You're out pushing more. And like I said, this this is all based on your equivalent in the UK to what theirs is in the US. And the reporting, the reporting that you have in the the UK is the same. Oh, no, it's not. I I guarantee it's not a true number. I agree with you. But the reporting that you have in the UK by your doctors, the procedure is about the same. It takes about the same amount of time. It takes between 30 and 45 minutes to fill out an adverse reaction and submit it. And that's only if the doctor wants to do it. And that's if only if it's seen as an adverse reaction. Yes. Now, mind you, you, this is I'm going to give you the time, the timetable here. This is between January of 2021. So vaccine rollout, the initial rollouts, uh, because we started with the, you know, the 90s and then worked our way down the initial rollout up until May of this year. So in that time period, in in about 18 months, a little over 18 months, excuse me, a little shy of 18 months, sorry, a little shy of 18 Mm -hmm. months, you're looking at one in 482. Well, this is it. I mean, people don't understand what that means. I mean, in in a small island like we are, you've got, what, 60 to 70 million people. Well, you had before all this started. (laughs) You're talking, okay, 3,000 people are expected to cop it every million. So you times that by your 3,000 by the 70, you've got as part of over, somewhere it's less than a quarter of a million, but as a quarter of a million people, you'd pull vaccines. Vaccines get pulled when 50 people die. Not on an island when you're over 200,000 to a quarter of a million that have been reportedly going down for it. And there's a lot bigger places than the UK. So this little island, you take that number and then you think of where you live, what country you're in, and then you start to think about how many people on a global scale have died due to this vaccine and that's if it's been reported some countries probably don't even have a proper recording mechanism and yeah you, you knew you knew damn sure that this isn't the correct number because of that Pfizer report when it said 0.3% are expected to die as long as you keep it below that on the wrong side of the zero it becomes acceptable but it's not acceptable how many people are in the world on average, what do you think? How many billion are there? Uh, we're about seven. We're approaching eight. Yeah, seven point eight, roughly. Seven point eight. So on the high side of it. So let's really go for a a positive eight billion, right? That's eight thousand million. Yeah, right. Ten percent of that is eight hundred million. One percent of that is eighty million. What's a third of eighty million? Twenty. Oh, just, just shy of thirty. Yeah, just shy of thirty. Yeah. So say you say twenty-seven million. That is expected deaths due to Pfizer's idea. 27 million people are going to wipe out due to our vaccine. That they're admitting to. Uh, oh, that's just on their bureaucratic two months or whatever. Hang on, we better shred this evidence. <laughs> and that's only the 0.3%. How can you justify that incredible number? 
and you know for a fact that this vaccine didn't stay in your arm, it's gone everywhere. How many people are disabled? How many people have lost their lifestyle? How many people can't do anything? And how many people are going to be on that? We're expecting 85,000 or over winter. Think of your own country. Think of your exponential numbers there. So if you're expecting 85,000, say, here, how many in America? You've got exponentially more, what, two to three times, three, four times the amount of people in your country as there are here, possibly? About 330 yeah. well, by the well, number. Well, actually, yeah. how many have come through Mexico? You might be even more than that. Oh, yeah, well, we've know. increased. Yeah. yeah, they've been saying 11 million since the 90s, so... <laughs> Either yeah, way, either we way, had two million just, come in the last uh, just it's crazy. Recently. How many people do they expect that this justification number is just to say, yeah, it's, it, you're already dead? Uh, it, it, it's, it's unfathomable. The numbers are lots more millions worldwide. They still want to put the vaccine into you, another vaccine into you. Yeah. Now let's go a step further with this. Let's kind of pivot here just a little bit. Uh, in the time we got left here, because if they can't get you with one thing, they're going to get you with another. At least they're going to try the energy crisis that they're pushing. Everybody's being pushed in that direction towards blackout, brownout, heating problem. Uh, you know, the, all that stuff. I, I'm serious. <laughs> they're they're trying heat. to heat, heat, yeah, heat or heat. heat. That's Which that's what it's going to be. <laughs> like they're literally going to try and starve everybody out and get everybody to take that digital wallet. But <laughs> how many people are they going to get? This year, with that, how many people are gonna uh, are gonna get frozen out, if you will? Die to circumstances, you mean? Yeah, and it'll be ruled yeah. as you know whatever you know whatever circumstances. Extenuating circumstances. Yeah. Now let me give you some examples. Bollocks. Yeah, let me give you some examples. So everything that the German government says they're doing to try and uh, get this natural gas and everything, they're 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 fighting hard to get that in you know all in place, right? We'll take a look today. You guys are familiar with the company uh, Siemens Energy? Yeah, they're one of the oh, big yeah. energy providers here. They tweeted this out today. Have a look at this. This is the turbine that's supposed to be going in the gas pipeline. It hasn't moved yep. since it arrived. It's still sitting there. They're making absolutely no attempt, no effort whatsoever to get it where it needs to be to provide natural gas to homes. They're not going to explore natural gas domestically through the shale fracking. They're not, they're not going to do that. And they're having the reserves that were left from the Nord Stream 1 line completely shut off. Yeah. European power prices today shot up to an all-time high today. Um, and then this. How many times over the winter are you going to see similar stories? Maybe not exactly like this, but this is how it'll be. People will be pushed aside. Calls won't be responded to because, well, we're trying to, quote, save the um, the hospital system again, right? So everybody needs to do their part. <laughs> Look at the cover of the Daily Mirror today. A guy fell, 87 years old. He fell. So they called emergency services, right? They called 999. And they said, it's very important that you don't move him because he, I guess he broke something or something there. They're like, don't move him. Wait for emergency services to get there. He sat there for 15 hours before emergency services showed up. So- my, what I'm getting at is this. What, what I'm getting to is this. If they're going to do this over just a regular uh, time where we don't have an energy crisis, where's the emergency response going to be when you do have the energy in crisis? Yeah. Comes up in winter, eh? Yeah. All right. One of the 85,000 is going to die due to extenuating circumstances. That 85,000 will be who are, take numbers up. Then you've got, oh, well, it, it's just like lockdowns. How many people, even before the vaccine was rolled out, how many problems were created in that extenuating circumstances way of life stress it's all 
a killer. They know we suffer from this. Society is our point where most people, I mean, if that was my father and he was 80 odd years old, he wouldn't be outside in a tent. There's a they, house there. Uh, yeah, I know. They were told not to move him, so they created no, they a didn't. makeshift tent and left him out no, there. they didn't move him. No. What does that say in itself? Oh, I'm on. not disagreeing with can't you. Do, I'm not I can't disagreeing do anything. with you. Hang on. Health and safety or whatever. Can't do anything. Um, oh, dear God. Hang on. I haven't. I, has anybody done first aid in this street? No? Okay. I better. Come on. Better common sense. What would you do if you if your child hurt? What's the difference? Have some respect. You know. I mean, obviously, it wasn't a compound fracture or anything. It wasn't a bone poking through there and he wasn't bleeding out. Shouldn't you actually get him into some warmth? Shouldn't you actually make him comfortable somewhere? Shouldn't you gently pick him up? One of the things, if in the old days, if you think about it, if you had a fire alarm, even nowadays, if you have a fire alarm, go off in an old people's home, yeah? What's the easiest way to move them? You pick them up in their bed sheet or their blanket because it molds to them and you just pick it up and you move them. You're telling me they couldn't pick him up and moved him into the house, into a warmer environment. No, he was right next we'll to the door. A, we'll he, he was a right next to the door. tent around him. Yeah, we'll put a tent up around him. I mean, sorry, the common sense of that is what? That is the epitome of the age we live in. Hang on, somebody told us not to do this, so we didn't. Us, the experts. Yeah, the experts one day will be in an electric ambulance with no recharging point in the countryside. And there'll be a rolling blackout that they won't be able to charge it from. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you show up uh, it, to it, a, a music I'm glad, festival. I'm glad you, you showed me that because it. it just shows me how stupid people have become. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless they pull it. But no, there is a way to charge. If you pull up to a festival somewhere and they offer to charge your car for 120 <laughs> pounds and the lines go over to diesel generators that are belching out black yeah. smoke. I mean, that would work. Oh, man. Sorry. It's just uh, that. But do you see what I mean, though? Do you, do you see what I mean, though? Is, is If people will do that now to family, if they'll do something like that now... And we're being told that the the uh, you know medical services are stretched to the max now. What do you think it's going to be like this winter? They're going to double down on everything. <laughs> so what happens if it was winter and it was minus two and it was snowing and they went, well, we'll put a fly sheet on that tent. We might have a portable. We'll still leave them out there. So you're told not to move. I, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. That that family needs to be taken by the scruff of the neck and saying, you're miserable. You are just unthinking, miserable people. I didn't care for that old man. I, I, my old man obviously is, isn't live, but I would not do that to my father. No, of course not. I, I wouldn't do I that would, to any, any I person, to anybody. tell you the anybody. truth. If I, saw a if I saw a neighbor or somebody just walking down the street and that happened... You better believe I would be doing everything I could. I, I wouldn't just put up, you know, like a, a tarpaulin or whatever it is they did. <laughs> just leave the poor guy laying there. That that photograph, I mean, I tell you what, they must have laughed all the way. I mean, and then to let a newspaper come in and take a photograph, for God's sake. So they were blaming. You see, this is what gets me, the mentality of it. They were blaming the actual structure of society Yes. That was overburdened and couldn't get there. They're blatant uncaring for that old man. Yes. Let me read you the actual quote from the family member uh, that was quoted. Okay. This is a distraught family member told their frail father who waited 15 hours outside overnight for an ambulance to show up. When David uh, Wakely, I, I'm trying to, it's very small print, who has cancer, 
There's another one of those cases. Fell at his home. The family built a makeshift shelter to shield him. The son-in-law, um, who I won't mention the name, who was 64 years old, told the Mirror, this is an actual quote, the hospitals are just too full. The government needs to address this. Well, why didn't they address the, the that care for the individual that was in their care? Well, no, you, you see here, it says the hospitals are just too full and the government needs to address it. Oh, so what's he saying? You want to get this old man out of my house and shove him in the bed in the hospital so I don't have to care I'm, for him? I'm, I'm assuming that that's kind of what they're trying to pass off here, is they're trying to pass... <laughs> they're blame, my point is, is that you're right. They're blaming the structure and, and they're blaming the system rather than taking personal responsibility and doing the right thing. Where do, when do we actually learn to not care for our own? Since COVID. Going back to... Yeah. Going back, personal issue, my mother is a very old lady. She had to look after her daughter till her daughter died, which nobody should actually happen here. In her 90s, she was a carer for her daughter. That meant that if her daughter had a hypo at night, the ambulance would come around and go, who's looking after her? She couldn't physically lift her. Oh, me. She was feeding her, caring her for whatever, but she would still do it. And that's what family do. Whether it's your younger and you're looking after your older, whether you're older and you're in a better state and you look after younger, that is what you do. It's a human thing to do to look after people. That is disgusting. He was let down by his family, as well as society, an overburdened society, because that's the way they've created it. The tick boxes slow everything down, and that's what they've done. It's not good. The people actually, the people that work on the ambulance, the people that work in the hospitals, and receive people at your A&Es, your emergencies, that they are working hard to do things, yeah? They are in the, they're in the coalface of it all. They don't not want to be there. They are still under the, restrict, the, the strictest, because, I mean, in this country, it's all been costed. They create a trust, and that runs as a company, and then they have so many allowances. And I actually walked into one of these control rooms once, yeah? And... I nearly laughed my head off. I said, why have you got that screen on the wall? There's these people taking all the calls, speaking to people that are in trouble, sending out. Um, they've got to prioritize what's urgent and not. And on the wall uh, is a TV screen with the percentage they're doing so well on, whether up to 85% or whether they're not coming up to standard. You know, the world of statistics, whoever, you don't want that in your face, do you? No. That is just definitely not going to do you any good when you're doing your best to be available and make sure what facilities you've got in out there caring for the people. Why? Because it's a statistics. The world of statistics, so they could feed back to the world of blame for those people who can then manipulate the statistics and do what they want with. And that is a horrible cycle of a decadent society. And that's where we are. We're just walking on a thin crust of mud and it stinks. And I'm still not going to get vaccinated. Roll on winter. How dare you? How dare you not want to go out there and get one of the new bivalent vaccines that's being touted all over? I wonder if Jeremy Vine's going to go get one. I wonder if he is. Uh, Jeremy Vine, he's, he's not even human. He's, he, he is a jellyfied excuse for a human being. He's, he's rolled something. over. He he's just sucks. He's a peasant. Well, it, I mean, the only reason no. I bring that up is because he said, he, you know, he did the video where he was out jumping around saying how excited he was to go get vaccinated yeah. for COVID. And then he was like the next the next day he was laying down coughing and oh, sick. No. Why is the government doing yeah. something? He's, he's just a self-effacing little nasty 
person that if he didn't have this TV show, well, most of the people that have these, they're nobodies. Yeah, yeah, that's and they think it. they're everybody. Yeah, Bruce and, and I were looking at. Yeah, Bruce and I were looking at uh, a video yesterday. This new IRS. Tra- I'll show you that offline. But we were looking at this new IRS uh, training video that they were putting up Attacks on these armed man. agents. Yes, yes, they're, they're arming these little punks. Police. Yes, yes, they're arming these idiots. And Bruce is sitting here and he's watching this. And and Marty was here watching it with us last night. And Bruce looks up and he says, "These are the rejects that nobody wants in society." And that's what they are. That's what they are. They can't do anything else. They can't be anything else in their lives. So they go into the bureaucracy. That's what they do. And it's the same well, everywhere. You, you've got to, the understanding is you've got to, if you create a job, you've got to have somebody that actually fits the picture. Yeah. You've got to have people that are willing to go out there. As long as you've got an overburdened society with which you haven't helped educationally, deliberately, you've dumbed them down, you've, not allowed them to reach the pinnacle of their ideals or where that what they would like to do. You will have a mass of individuals you can manipulate. You can manipulate and just make. I mean, one of the, one of the most one of the most stressful things out there in a in an overburdened society where there's too many vehicles seen on the roads of life is the traffic warden. I mean, come on, we've got to have. Right, you ain't got a job. I'll, I'll give you a job. Uh, we'll make sure it's X amount of thousand, and you've got to go up here and don't bother asking them why they're parked there. Just take a photograph, slap this ticket on, and disappear. You know, you've got to create somebody who does that. You will get the odd traffic warden that'll be up there and go, "Excuse me, mate. Um, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. It's a single yellow or double yellow. Sorry, mate. I've got this work. Just make sure you're out of here in ten minutes. Otherwise, I will slap a ticket on you. Yeah." Undid, not a problem. Go around, check whatever. But now, no, the, the generally they create it because you've got to be cost effective. Why? Well, I'm paying you this much. I want you to create so many tickets. What does that cause in itself? That is actually creating a horrible feedback loop. That's not helping your community, is it? That's not wanting meet people to come into your town and park up. That's not, you know, and oh. Are the parking wardens is, in, in England, are they that bad? Some places they're not all they're not all bad, but in some places, I think you went through like everything. You go through uh, a period like we're doing now until the people cry out and they yeah. fight back, yeah, and stuff like that. And then it gets tried put back into its proper place. But by then, they've created these structural people. You've created this job line. It's not going to go anywhere. So what the only thing the towns can create is a big central free parking area. Although you'll keep the areas that you want clear, yeah, you can line them up with double yellow lines to keep people away. But if you've got a decent town, have a big free parking area and then people will come into your town and they'll avoid. But then eventually there'll be a reduction in traffic wardens required. So they're not doing the tickets then, are they? And it finds it that's the only way to find the rebalance. Somebody's stupid idea, some middle management dog pig has come up with it to justify his existence. Uh, you know, that's the world we live in. You got anything else you want to talk about before we call it quits? There's loads. Bruce, you want to chime in on anything? No, that's pretty much. I, I pretty did. Good. Remember what I did mention in prep? Uh, you mentioned a lot of things in prep. We were all over the map. So if you got another topic know, you want to cover, then we'll run over. Well, because we, um, we won't get you back missiles. Yeah. Oh yes, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, we we do want to talk about that. Yeah. 
but because uh, I, I I was shocked when I heard that. But uh, we we'll get you back next week. Uh, so uh, I'll before, come on. Um, I'll come on. No, okay. I'll definitely come on. I'll come on next week, and we'll we'll have a chuckle about that. Well, I mean, you, you can talk about it now if you want. That's fine. I mean, it's, if unless it's going to take like half an hour, which I'm sure it probably will, because we'll end up going down all kinds of rabbit holes with it. Uh, uh, there's, it's, there's not it, a time it, limit. It's on horrible. It. Uh, there is that, that it's Ukraine. It's a totally different subject. It's I went, not really. Uh, no, there's not really. Lots, there's lots. There's, okay. It's, it's, All right. We'll wait endless. till next week. Yeah, we'll wait till next week. Uh, yeah, I'll try and come on before fr- uh, Friday, so it'll be Wednesday or something like that. I'll try and come okay. on before yeah, Martin. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll call you and, and we'll set up a time uh, next week. Yeah, we'll see what works for you. We're going to go ahead and call this one done. So for those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction gentlemen i want to thank you for being here this evening thank you to all of the listeners everyone have a great evening